Hello and welcome to Through the Line, Agency Squared podcast with me, Andy Barjuri. In this episode, I am speaking with the rather wonderful Stacey Borrow, who runs a company called Profit by Design. And Stacey joins me to talk all about management accountancy. Now, before you switch off at this point, honestly, this is a really interesting conversation. And if you're running an agency, particularly a small or micro agency, Stacey shares some really good tips for how you can get control of your finances, how you can use a better understanding of your numbers to help you plan for growth, to make the right decisions, to know when to hire, to get your cash flow in order and so on and so on. So don't switch off. Give it a chance. Stacey's great and it's a really fun conversation all about finance. I hope you enjoy the show. Stacey, good morning. Uh, good morning, Andy. Welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today? I'm not too bad, thank you. Looking forward to chatting with you and seeing if we can get some stuff out to your followers. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm really pleased you've joined me because the area that you're an expert in is an area that very many agency owners, founders, MDs aren't that strong in, which is understanding the numbers they get out of their accounts. And I think that's probably uh, something you've come across a few times in your years of working with agencies, isn't it? It is, yes. Especially the um, creative agency owners. Numbers always seem to be right at the bottom of the list. But they <laughs> they are important. You know, even if you're you're a creative agency, the numbers are what keeps you going and what gives you the money to... Um, pursue all of the other things that you would much rather be doing in your day-to-day business. Yes, absolutely. So as a really quick intro, so you're the founder of a company called Profit by Design. And I think you've recently started this company, but you've got several years experience working in the agency sector, helping people to create management accounts rather than necessarily year-end financial accounts, which is what most of us are used to looking at. Is that about right? That is, yeah. So about Five, six years ago now, my brother set up a CRO agency. And at the time, I'd just had my second child. And he was like, oh, you do accounts, you know, because <laughs> um, I have a background in management accounts. And he was like, can you help me with the figures side? I was like, yeah, why not? Um, so we did that. And obviously, his business got bigger. And what I learned about agency finance increased. And then it, he spoke to me and said, oh, you know, so-and-so is looking for someone to uh, help them with their agency accounts would you be interested and you know how it goes it's like yeah you know? <laughs> and you know word of mouth and suddenly you've got several people who think oh well you know Stacy can do that so I, I I did it part-time to start with and then as I got more people in there I thought well you know there is a, a space in the market for this so I set up the company earlier this year and um, profit by design to sort of reach out to more of the agency owners and you know the small agency owners to show them that actually the finance and the number side is important and that you can get someone who can help you with that you know without having to pay thousands of pounds every month to a more traditional accountant yes yeah absolutely and let's kind of look at that briefly because I think what most of us experience with our accounts is we have an accountant that perhaps does the year-end books, the corp tax return, and does our personal tax returns. But often the numbers they're looking at, although very accurate and compliant with regulations, can be you know 12 months plus 
a go and say this limited value that we see from those numbers going forward, whereas your approach as a management accountant is different, isn't it? Yes. So what I'm looking at is what's happening now and um, what is what you want to do in the short term future. So what we're looking at is your your cash flow, is your profitability at this moment in time, you know, not something that happened last year, because that's fairly irrelevant now. But you know, what which clients have you got at the moment that are profitable? Which type of work um, have you got that's profitable? If you want to take an, an on a new employee, do you have the spare cash to do that? I mean, it really doesn't matter what happened last year. That's not going to tell you whether you have the cash now. You know, we're talking day to day, looking into your finances and using those numbers to help plan for profit for your business. Got you. So how did you get into this this interest, this passion for accounting? Have you always been a numbers person? I have always been a numbers person. Um, <laughs> I am the sort of person that went to college and did maths and then further maths with a side of physics. You know, that is what I enjoy. <laughs> Just I throw in some chemistry there, Stacey, and you've got my, my whole nightmare. <laughs> uh, I know. But I, I love that sort of thing. And I've, I've always worked with numbers. Um, I worked as a croupier originally because the job came up. Um, I've worked for NatWest um, and then I kind of moved into the the management account side um, in traditional business, you know, um, in industry. And as I said, when Matt set up his business and was looking for someone to help him with the financial side, I was like, yeah, we'll go. Go for that. And I, I found that I really enjoy the small agency side. Me too. Um, because you become... A much more part of the business you know in a very large corporation you're a very small cog whereas in a small agency what you do is quite important you know it's each player is very important when there's only sort of four or five of you yeah I, I love that about small agencies you can have a big impact and although big agencies are great and I've worked for some really large agencies I do like the the cut and thrust of small independent agency businesses. And, and that's where a lot of the people in the agency squared community are. They're running a business that is five, 10, maybe 20 people. They don't really tend to be much larger than that. And, and that's the space that I really like to work in. So it's, um, it's great to see you're in that same world. So I think Ken, when it comes to agencies and numbers, we do often not have a great handle on what we're looking for going forward. And there's a few things you mentioned there that I think are really fundamental parts of a good business. One is cash flow and understanding your cash flow. I bet there are so many agency owners that haven't got a good grasp on their cash flow that it's just unbelievable. Profitability of specific clients and projects. You know, one of the things I think as small agency owners we do is we get very passionate about our clients and we like to work with them and retain them for as long as we can. I bet we don't often look back and say, well, actually, how profitable was that account? Or even understand quite how to work out that level of profitability. So what I would what I would love to, to get from you today, Stacey, are what are the kind of three, four, five things that agencies can get from their numbers that will help them to be more successful or at least maybe more profitable? What are the things that we, the the kind of, Oh, where's this? Let's use a really cheesy expression: the lower hanging fruit on management accounting that most agencies probably aren't doing and could get some quick wins from. Well, if we we look at the uh, the client profitability first, because that is often the case. When you look at your year end accounts, you say, "Oh, I made lots of money, beautiful." But if you dig into each client, it could well be that you've got one very profitable client, 
who is kind of making you a lot of money and kind of covering for several smaller ones who are not so profitable, you know, and may even be making a loss when you when you look in at actual terms. What I like to do with my clients is to take each client that they've got and work out how much you're spending. You know, what time are you using on this account? Are they paying a fixed retainer? In which case, the more work you do, the less profit you make. You know, lots of people use fixed retainers. They're a good way to make sure that you've got money coming in every month. But if you don't keep track of those, especially if you keep this client for a couple of years, what they were paying 12 months ago may no longer be covering the costs, Mm. you know, or certainly not giving you the margins that you have that you were expecting. So going into detail about each client or each project that you do and making sure that actually the prices that you charge against the costs that you've got are actually giving you, you know, true profit. (laughs) So I'm guessing one of the key pieces of that puzzle are are, um, good time records, right? Good timekeeping, timesheets, that bugbear of all agencies, timesheets. It is, yes. And you do, some people are like, but I'm creative. I don't, I don't need to, you know, to build up, but you do need to record your time. You need to know how much you're spending, how long you're spending on things. Because how else are you supposed to work out whether it's profitable? You're selling your time. That is literally what creative people do. They're selling their time that they spend designing websites or designing logos or advertising. That's all you've got to sell. Mm. So not keeping track of it for me seems a little bizarre. (laughs) (laughs) I know it's funny, isn't it? And it's the only way you can really understand what your charge out rates are how much am i have i charged whether it's retainer or project versus how many hours have i put in gives you your actual real charge out rate not what you say your charge out yeah. rates are, but how much you value your time at and it's funny i think when agencies get clients on a retainer they really fight to keep them on a retainer so quite often they'll over service or they might over service one month under service the next with the hope they'll average out to the right amount uh, but i think particularly when times are tough as they have been across the last 12 to 18 months because of COVID, obviously, I think there will have been a temptation to over-service very many clients. Yeah. I don't know whether you've seen that. I ha- It's fine short term. You know, we all do that. But as you grow your agency, you have to realise that it's not just your time anymore. It's your employee's time. And whereas as a business owner, you might decide, not to take some money you know because it's dividends and you could not take that money but those employees are going to expect their wage every month you know and if your business is making a loss because they're over servicing suddenly that's three more families you know that you know short on cash that month because you haven't reviewed your your profitability or because you think well I must keep this client Mm. you know hanging on to a client that's not making you money if there's no other reasons for it, seems a little <laughs> silly in my, you know, from yes. a finance point of view. Well, the thing I hear most often is if if I've got a client that isn't that profitable, it's it's for me, it's good for a portfolio piece. And I kind of see why people think that. But at the same time, the portfolio is worth nothing if you can't afford to run your business because you're, you're out of business. So kind of got to have a, a foot in both camps there, I think. Yes. Yes, by all means, have that one client that's maybe not quite as profitable, but provides other things such as a portfolio piece or, you know, it's someone that you're good friends with. Fine, but at least keep them breaking even, you know. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. They've got to break even unless it's a super, super brand for a, an amazing portfolio piece. But that's like a once in a generation thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, you've got to be making money on your clients at yeah. the very least breaking even. OK, cool. Do you think that most agencies have a handle on client profitability or are they looking, as you said at the start, that, that overall uh, margin across the year and thinking that's OK? Yeah, I find usually when you first meet a client, they they have an idea of what they think their client's profitability is, but they don't necessarily take into account all of the overhead costs. So mm. you think, oh, I've got my staff costs, or we're charging more than I pay my staff. But have you taken into account all the money you spend on software or subscriptions or your office rent, you know, things like that, which although not direct to the client obviously have to be covered within that day rate that you're charging or that retainer that you're charging Mm, so just a portion a piece of overhead across all of your clients Uh, i used to work with an agency and they would always add on what they called oops which is (laughs) out of pocket expenses which was their overhead but they just put a flat i think it was a 12 percent on top of all of their fees and i was always amazed that clients accepted that because for me it's like well no that's that's your expense around your business i'm not paying you for that but that's just that that was their policy and it went down quite well and, and the clients paid it so apportioning out a piece of that overhead across their yeah. their clients that money has to come from somewhere doesn't it mm. like you have to take into account the overheads that you have mm. when you're setting your rates because otherwise like okay you can pay your staff but you can't buy your computers you know you can't invest in the business absolutely and it's astonishing how much software and subscriptions we have as agencies these days. Just every t- corner you turn, there's a new software package you need, particularly if you're in the digital space anyway. It's interesting. You could, if I look at my own uh, software and think, wow, I wasn't spending anything like this three, four, five years ago. And I'm a tiny agency business, right? So goodness knows how much the bigger outfits are paying. Uh, okay, client profitability is the first one then. What's the second thing you think agencies need to get a grip on? I think sort of following on from that, it's the understanding of their costs. Okay. So when you ask someone how much their agency costs to run in a month, they always underestimate. Like I've not yet asked anyone and had an answer that once really? I've looked into it is a true figure. You, That's you think really interesting. You know. Yeah. yeah, you think you know what it is, but actually, when you go through their accounts, you know, for the year and say, well, actually, you've spent 12 grand this year on overheads. That's a grand a month. It's not 400 pound a month that you told me, <laughs> you know, because there are things yeah. annual subscriptions and all, you know, that you might think, oh, well, I, you know, I don't normally pay that. But that 1200 pound <laughs> is still 100 pound that has to be accounted for each month. And I think a lot of my work is, is helping people to understand those costs and make them part of their day-to-day you know calculations when you when you understand what your costs are when you're deciding on how much to charge a client you know that an 800 pound a day day rate you'll get a good margin on mm. so you can go into your client negotiations and you can pitch at 850 the client goes, oh, we weren't looking to do more than 800. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I can probably stretch to 800. <laughs> you know what I mean? There you go. They yeah. think they're getting a good deal. You've got the exact figure that you were going for in the first place. 
and you know that that is a genuine amount that is going to make you a profit, not just a finger in the air, I think we'll go with 750 today. So understanding your cost base is going to help you with negotiation as well as every other part of your yes. business. And, yes. And I, I think that, that people don't always make the link between understanding the cost base and the sales process. To me, they're, they are linked. You know, yes. without one, you can't do the other effectively. Yeah, I agree. And I think you're right. I think lots of people don't look at the numbers because they're they're so out of date. You know, I've got my annual account, but that was, you know, goes back to year ending March 2020, for example. My cost base has changed dramatically since then. But I'm probably still basing my understanding as to what I need to bill every month on those figures. Yes. So perhaps a more regular review <laughs> of that would be a useful <laughs> exercise. Okay. Yeah, I got I get that. Understanding the costs. And I think most most agencies use, you know zero quickbooks free agent something like that don't they so they should be able to quite easily pull a report that shows you know what are they spending yeah the, all the information is there and um as long as you're maintaining your accounts you know that they're accurate it doesn't actually take long to pull everything out and if you're doing this on a regular basis when you come to make these decisions or want to use these figures they're already there mm. So you don't have to spend, you know, no one wants to spend three hours pulling figures out of their software onto a spreadsheet. (laughs) Yeah. But if every month you update it, so it's there, when you think, oh, can I afford to employ someone else? You look at it, you know your costs, you know what you're making, you know your sales targets for the next few months. Yes, I'm making a profit. Yes, I can afford someone else. So it helps with quite quick, simple decision making on extra expenses like hiring, for example. Yeah. Yeah, because the, the figures are already there, ready to go. You already know them, you know, so you don't. I think people tend to ignore it because no one wants to spend that three hours digging through their accounts. <laughs> you know, I get that. No one wants to do that unless they're me. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> unless that's your passion, right? <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, for most small agencies, is they don't have the ability. Well, they don't have the interest to do it in the first place, or the ability to hire someone to do it on a permanent basis for them. So that's why they would find someone with your skills extraordinarily useful. <laughs> okay, cool. So we've got client profitability and working that out. So looking at basically how much time are you recording against each client versus how much you're uh, charging that client will give you a sense as to whether they're profitable or not against the cost base. Then the second one, understanding your costs. How much are you actually spending to run your business? And I get that. I imagine we all underestimate that. You know, I'm spending 400 quid, but actually, no, it's a thousand quid a month. You forgot about the annual subscription to InDesign or something that just slipped off your radar whilst you calculated that number a couple of years ago. Okay, cool. What's the third one? What's the next big one? I think maybe along with the costs, um, you're looking at reviewing those expenses that you've got because if you don't if you don't know how much you're spending that suggests to me that you don't actually know what you're spending that money on you know in a in your personal life people tell you regularly to review your expenses you know do you have direct debits for a gym membership you don't use or a you know a library program that you've you've never even looked at you know but do people do that in their business do you know what you're spending your money on you know, are there subscriptions in there that you thought, well, I'll trial it and, you know, it's still going and it, and it, could, <laughs> it could be £20 a month. But, you know, if you've got several at £20 a month, suddenly you're looking at hundreds of pounds a year. 
Yeah, and that soon adds up, doesn't it? I, I was just looking at our accounts the other day thinking, why have we still got a subscription to Smartsheet? I mean, I really like Smartsheet, but we just don't use it. And I was talking to our colleagues, why have we still got Smartsheets? Oh, no, 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 we'll need that in future. Yeah, but do we actually need it now? Because <laughs> we've been paying for it for about 12 months. We haven't even opened the application. Should we just get rid of it? And yeah, I think that's a good point. Uh, reviewing your expenses on a regular basis will help you understand your cost base, I suppose. Yeah. And you know then that what you're paying for is benefiting your business, mm. you know, as opposed to just, well, it's all direct air, but I don't really look at it. <laughs> but, <laughs> How often know. do you think most businesses look at that? Do you think most agencies, sorry, look at that sort of thing? I, some of them never. <laughs> some, some agency owners just don't look at their accounts. They don't look at their figures. They'll have a bookkeeper who does their invoicing. You know, they'll have an accountant to do their year-end accounts. And other than that, they just look at their bank balance, which is fine if it's going up. <laughs> you know, and it is when you start out, you look at your bank balance. If it's it's high, that's good. If it's low, it's bad. You know, but if you're talking about taking on more employees, taking on more business, building your agency, then that's not enough information to make what are like very important decisions. Yeah, I agree. I think, I think for me, the step change was when I started to hire people and I realized that the money in the account wasn't just my money anymore. Actually, I was responsible for paying somebody else's rent or mortgage, somebody else's subscriptions because they were relying on me to pay them every month. So I had to get more of a, a grip or a handle on what those, those expenses, what the finances looked like. It's quite interesting that um, the way you said that around people just look at what's left in the bank at the end of the month. You know, that's really quite scary, isn't it? Yeah, because that that money doesn't necessarily belong to you. Because by the time you think about things like VAT payments and corporation tax, you know, those those will be coming out of that amount. Not all of that cash in your business bank account is yours. (laughs) You know, a lot of it may belong to the tax man already. Yeah, absolutely. And I hate that with the quarterly VAT return as well. When you you think, oh, that's looking quite healthy. It's, oh, no, it's the end of quarter. That's why it looks good. <laughs> and then you realize you've got a chunk to pay to the VAT man. You're like, oh, yeah. what? Why? why? Why do I always do this every quarter? Suddenly I'd planned in my mind getting a new car and it's like, oh, maybe that's the VAT man's money. <laughs> okay, cool. So recurring expenses and just keeping a handle on your expenses, I think is quite important, isn't it? I used to have with people that work for me was in terms of just general day-to-day expenses, there was a certain amount they could spend up to, which is, I think it was a like hundred quid. Then anything beyond that, they had to come and get approvals for spending that money. And that was a good way for me of controlling costs as well. You know, I had sensible people who could make the right decisions, but over a hundred quid, I think for me, it was a bit like, hang on a minute. Let me just have a think about this. What, what are you using it for? Can I reclaim that against the clients, for example? And I'm sure that that, uh, that 100 quid is quite a low amount. But for me, it was good to keep control of what was going on. Yes. Yeah, you, you do need to keep control. And you might have the best people in the world, but it's still your business at the end of the day. Yeah, totally. And you need to make sure that you understand and you've got control of the day-to-day running of that. Totally. Yeah. Okay. So uh, regularly reviewing your expenses, what, once a month, once a quarter, every six months, Um, once a year? I think if you, if you spend some time in your accounts every month, you'll know these anyway. So 
if this is something that you've never looked at, I would recommend tomorrow going into your accounting package and having a look. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, absolutely. If you've never done it, do it tomorrow. <laughs> but, you know, this is not stuff that you need to do day to day. This is just making sure that, you know, every few months you have a quick look through. You know, is there anything on there that you don't use? Something that you signed up for that, you know, turned out to be quite rubbish. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> you know. But, I, I think a part of that, if you if you're doing a VAT return, if you're VAT registered, you'll look at your VAT report once a quarter anyway. Maybe that's the point to say, hang on a minute, this is kind of turned up three times this expense in this quarter. What the hell is that? Am I using it? Yeah, that's maybe quite a good discipline to go through your VAT return in detail because, I mean, I find we we use a couple of different accounts packages and they they do the VAT return for us but i always want to go through the detail just to make sure because there's always mistakes in there i don't know how we managed to get these vat mistakes just creeping in all the time but there always is yes i i would always look through it before it's filed as you say they're generated automatically aren't they all, all of the accounting software will do it automatically but just have a look like it provides you with a report and if you see something a bit odd investigate don't go oh well i'll just ignore that <laughs> yes yeah that's good discipline. Investigate, I think, is the answer. Sometimes I see it and I'm like, oh, no, how am I going to unpick this tragic mess I've made for myself? <laughs> OK, cool. All right. So we've got client profitability, understanding the costs, understanding the recurring expenses. What would be the kind of fourth area you think most agencies could do looking at? I think we should go to cash flow. Oh, lovely. The... <laughs> OK. Oh. I say that, but I actually do mean lovely because cash flow, I think, is one of the most important documents in a business right but it's so hard to get a good snapshot I don't, I don't know how you feel about that statement for you it's probably quite a cakewalk but but no it, it is I mean there's software that can help um a lot of the guys I work with use float um okay. as a cash flow software because it pulls the information from zero or from free agent automatically so all the numbers are in there so assuming that you're keeping your accurate records, which is what we've been discussing, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> then Float will have all the information and it can then show you a lovely graph to show, you know, whether it's going up or down. And if it looks like it's going down, you can, you know, dig in deeper. But cash rate, like the quarterly VAT returns, you know, you need that amount of money in the quarter to pay that. You can't defer it. You can't make it go away. <laughs> so if it's looking like, you know, you're not going to have enough money to pay that in two months time. You need to be making some decisions. Yeah. You know, and the cash flow software means that danger points can be flagged early so that you can do something about it. You know, if you can put your figures in for the, the next six months and you can see that there's a downward trend, you know, that's telling you that you are spending more money than you are making mm. in basic terms you know so either you need to be pushing the sales or you need to be cutting back you know and the other advantage of something like float is that it allows you to do different scenarios so you can say okay this is what the business look like now if I wanted to hire someone and they cost two and a half grand a month if I put those figures in you know does my cash flow still look okay? What does it look like? Yeah. Yeah. And if it's still looking good, you're probably all right. If it's suggesting that actually after a few months, that's going to cause you some problems, you might want to reconsider or you might want to say, 
I can offer a temporary contract, but if we sign no more new clients, then unfortunately we won't be able to continue. Mm, okay. But it just it gives you an actual basis to make a decision rather than just going, oh, I'd love a new employee. Let's sign them up and hope for the best. <laughs> yes, yeah, which is a frightening prospect. Sign them up and hope for the best. <laughs> I used to have a business coach and she always used to say to me that you should check your cash flow every day just to see whether it's what you had thought was going to happen was happening to really keep control of your business finances. Would you suggest that's a good time frame or is once a day just a bit over the top for most agency people? For most, it's probably slightly over the top. I know some people who like to go in first thing in the morning and check the cash flow, check the overview of the accounts, just because that's their way of starting the day. But I, I don't think necessarily that you need to do that every day, maybe once a week, because things do change. You know, and obviously you'll put your costs in to your software during the week. There might be like an annual subscription that's gone in or, you know, you've got the invoice for it, but you need to make sure then you've got the money for it to come out in four weeks time or whenever it's due for payment. Yeah. You know, so just, you don't have to spend a long time on this once it's set up, but it's to go in and understand where you are. You know, is it looking good this month? Is it looking bad this month? You know, do I really need to be pushing the sales or is it actually the staff are quite busy at the moment. We can hang back and, you know, go with the flow for a few months. Yeah, I think having that perspective as to whether you do need to be hard on the sales or more focused on client delivery, for example, rather than sitting back is important. I, I, I tend to look at my accounts every Monday morning and that's how I start the week. What does it look like? Am I going to get through this week or, or what? you know, have I got any challenges coming up? But for me, I always found every day was just too much. I could... I couldn't quite get into that discipline of looking at it every single day. And I haven't looked at Float App. It's Float App, isn't it? I remember hearing yes, about it. It's myfloatapp.app, I think it is. Myfloat.app. I might have to have a look at that. It is, it's a piece of software that we found very useful, actually. Um, we started using it when it first, you know, a few years ago when it was okay, but not great. But they've worked really hard, actually, on a making it ideal for small agencies so you know take a look see what you think but there are obviously others (laughs) hey it's not the bbc it's fine you can talk about you can talk about float don't want to get in trouble here Um, (laughs) it's just the one that i happen to use that that does the job that i need it to do but (laughs) okay you know just just something that um will help you see the cash flow without you having to do all the calculations yourself yeah, I think that's so important. Uh, cash flow for me was one of those areas when I started to grow my agency that I really had to get a grip on. And when I realized that was because when you have a difficult period coming, if you can plan for it, then you can overcome it. But if you, you arrive at a difficult period and you haven't planned for it. So, for example, if you want to get some finance to help your business grow, it's quite easy to get finance if you're on an upward trend. If you're already in problems and you look for finance, boy, is it hard to get money to help you through that sticky period. So your cash flow gives you that foresight. If I can see in three months time, I'm going to be 10 grand short. Well, let's organize some finance for some flexibility or an overdraft now. Whilst I look like a healthy concern, I'll be able to get that money. 
but not in three months time it won't happen and that's the reason why i think many businesses dry up because they realize too late that they need extra help they need finance and then they can't get it yeah and it's the panic as well isn't it when you you suddenly realize you don't have enough money to pay your bills this month or your employees this month yeah 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 whereas if you'd have known three months ago that the trend was heading in that direction you could have done something about it totally yeah absolutely the panic of thinking oh my gosh am I going to hit payroll horrible horrible situation yeah okay cool <laughs> all right so we covered cash flow so I think we've got time for one more biggie for small agents to get their heads around in terms of management accounting what should we be doing so I think overall is taking each of these things and using them to plan the sort of work that you want to do so by understanding your costs understanding the profitability of different types of work or different types of client um you can then work out what is the best fit for your business so it's instead of just you know taking all the work that comes your way which is what we all do at the start you know <laughs> you want some yeah i could do that i'll i'll work it out you know it's <laughs> not even my area it'll be fine yeah, yeah. you know but instead of that you know, looking at what what types of client do we work well with? What do we make good money out of? And then targeting your sales at those types of clients. You can still take the ones that walk in off the street. You know, I'm not saying don't. But when you're spending time and effort on your sales, on your pitching, on your proposals, aim that towards the clients that are going to make you good margins, that are going to make you good money. Do you know that is a really, really interesting way to look at numbers? If you understand your numbers, you can focus your new biz, eff- biz dev efforts at the right sweet spot for you, really. I don't think many of agencies do that, actually. I think uh, most of that is on gut feel. Are we good in tech or we're we good at SEO or we know PPC and we just go after those areas without thinking we're good at PPC and the most profitable areas for us have been working with. I don't know, tech companies, for example, and then really going after that space. I don't know whether that fits into many agencies thinking, strategic thinking around biz dev or their proposition, for example. Maybe it should. And I think yeah. what you're suggesting is it really could and really should. Well, yeah, if you've got the, the numbers there, you can see that. You can see what types of client. And there will be a type of client that they just work well with you, you know, and it's not difficult and you're not over-servicing and everyone is happy. You know, why not go for more of those? <laughs> Fill your boots with the right ones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I think that's really important because, as you say, particularly when agencies are young and starting out, we tend to take whatever comes our way. We're less strategic around who we're pursuing. And then when you see agencies that have got a very tight proposition and they're going after a very specific service set or sector, you know they've grown through that pain and they're now at that next stage of evolution where they're becoming the master of their domain, their area, rather than being that person that tries to please all people. And I think that's a that's a real sign of an agency's grown up a little bit and gone beyond the startup phase is where they've they've worked that out. And if they can use the numbers to fuel that thinking based on tight financial record keeping, then that's great, isn't it? I had never thought of it that way around before, actually, but it's quite useful. So how often do you think or no, let's change the question. How much time do you think most agencies spend looking at their accounts and looking forward? Versus how much time should they spend looking at their accounts looking forward? Um, Small agencies, I think, don't spend any time looking at their accounts. Not really. You know, not until there's a problem. 
and then you've got the panic and the what do I do? Yes. You know, and I think it doesn't take much, a few hours a week, you know, to to just get it under control mm. <laughs> and get it, you know, keep it update, keep it accurate. Your, you know, make sure your invoices match what's going through your bank. You know, make sure you're claiming your VAT back. Because if you don't put your invoices, your expense invoices into your your software properly, you won't get the VAT back from that. Mm. And again, we're talking maybe 20 quid on this one and 30 quid on that one. But add that up over a year and you could be saving hundreds, possibly thousands of pounds just by keeping accurate records. Yeah. Okay. So a couple of hours extra a month might actually save or make you in a couple of thousand quid extra and reclaim VAT if nothing else. You know, just basic things that if you're not paying too much attention to it, can easily just, you know, oh well, I've just taken whatever the default was on the on the screen, but not actually looked at it. Yeah. I always thought when I was running my uh, agency team that I spent too much time. I was spent quite often all Monday morning and sometimes half the afternoon just doing finances. And I was chatting to another agency owner and he said, what are you doing? How do you spend that much time on finance? And I thought, how do you not spend that much time on finance? <laughs> and it was really annoying because he was doing really, really well. But I knew that at the end of the year, he had a, he had a kind of shoebox full of receipts. He just shipped off to his accountant and said, sort this out for me. And I, I figured he probably would have been quite a lot wealthier if he'd actually got <laughs> control of that. Uh, yeah, and that is as well. Because if you keep this up to date, you know, week by week, month by month, when it comes to the end of the year, it's literally a case of pulling the final accounts and filing them. Yes. You know, yeah, which yeah. you can pay an accountant for, but it's cheaper. They're going to co- it's going to cost you a lot more money if they have to as you say <laughs> rifle through a box of receipts before they can even do anything. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Okay. Gosh. I think this is an area that we could all be better at as in terms of agency owners and creative people is just getting to grips with the numbers better. If you had to look at, let's say someone's using a, a zero or QuickBooks or whatever, or free agent, what reports would you run on a regular basis to help them really get to grips? Would you pull out a kind of balance sheet? Would you look at profit and loss? What are the kind of things that you normally tend to look at? I would tend to look at the the profit and loss and um, kind of on a month by month basis. Yeah. So they usually have an ability to compare month by month so look at this year you know this accounting year and look at your expenses what you're spending January February March you know what what is in there and if there's any that are are different you know you usually spend 200 pounds a month and this one says 600 just have a look at it you know what's changed was it an annual subscription fair dues was it a duplicated payment that you've not noticed yeah you know because it's just gone through the bank and you've you've been fine you've not really paid any attention but looking at it, comparing month on month, will flag anything that looks a bit odd without you having to do any real digging. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. So just simple changes in the pattern there will, might highlight an issue. And and that's funny with, I always think about Google because I, I seem to have a payment going to Google almost every day. <laughs> like, how am I doing this? <laughs> there must be a mistake somewhere. And I dig into it. It's like, ah, oh, no, there isn't. That's just what I spend on Google. It's crazy. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's quite a useful exercise. And I know from my experience using the, the accounts packages that I use that getting a PL statement where you can look at the month by month trends is really, really easy. And I am a long way from being an accountant and even I can do it. So I think 
any agency owner that's using a software package should be able to to pull out a PL. And then obviously the cash flow, I think it's the other most important one. Flow tap. Other oh, are yeah. available apparently. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Another good one to look at. Okay. Perfect. All right. Well, that's kind of a really nice overview of where there's opportunities for agencies to kind of ramp up their financial understanding. Quite like quite like all of those areas, actually. Client profitability being particularly interesting because if there are opportunities to weed out those clients that are both unprofitable and causing you some pain or your team some stress, then that's a great thing for me to to weedle them out of your agency and focus on looking for clients that are both profitable and rewarding as well, which is that kind of sweet spot, isn't it? Stacey, where do you look for ideas and inspiration? What are the kind of things that get you excited when you want to learn more about creativity or accounting or where the worlds collide? From From a technical point of view, I get actually a lot of stuff um, from HMRC Um, being an agent of HMRC. um, They send us stuff all the time (laughs) uh, about different things that they're doing. And actually are are really quite useful in, you know, if you're looking from a technical accounting perspective. Um, I also get stuff from um, free agent as a free agent partner. They run courses all the time about things that you need to know. Uh, It's just helpful stuff. And because, you know, the rules always change. So, you know, it's important to keep up with that sort of thing. Um, But ideas wise, usually from other people that I work with, I'm lucky to work with lots and lots of different businesses and each one does things differently. And sometimes you're like, that is an amazing idea, (laughs) you know, because I don't have all the answers. (laughs) You know, I do it my way because that's what I know. It doesn't mean that there are other ways that are equally right (laughs) or even better, you know. Totally. the advantage of working with such a diverse range of people is that you get to see a lot of things yeah that's really really useful isn't it i do quite a lot of teaching of uh, cim qualifications and quite often i find that i'm learning as well as teaching and that's brilliant for my personal development it's really great actually because i work with lots of really smart marketeers and i'm learning all the time which is which i pass on to other students and i think that that's a good discipline, I guess. And for you, I suppose, you know, looking at people run their books and picking up ideas and creating this perfect hybridized approach yeah. is where you're getting to, isn't it? Well, this, the advantage of small agencies is that generally we like to share information. Yes. You know, we like, you, if someone's got a problem, they'll ask the question and someone will have an answer for them. Yes. It's not like, oh, I'm not going to tell anyone because they're going to steal it. It's a, how can we make this better for everyone? Well, that's the thing. I mean, there's so many agencies just in the UK <laughs> that don't worry about it. Just share what you know, because it's, it's such a competitive space anyway. And um, better that we all improve our processes and systems, I suppose. Good. All right. If people want to find out more about Profit by Design or want some help with getting their books in order, how should they reach out to you, Stacey? What's the best way? Um, LinkedIn is probably a good place to start because we're all on there, aren't we? We're all <laughs> doing our thing. Um or they can email me. I've got an email address, sborrowfinance at gmail.com. Okay, thanks. You know, I'm, I'm always happy to chat. You know, th- it doesn't have to be a, <laughs> a, a sales meeting. <laughs> I like to talk to people. I like to see what people are doing. And I'm happy to share ideas. You know, I, I don't think accountancy, accountancy should be something that's so completely separate from your business that, you know, you never understand it. I think it should be an integral part of your day-to-day life. 
I totally agree. If you don't understand it, you're in trouble running a business. Yeah. That's for sure. So yeah. ask, you know, I'm, I'm happy yeah. to share ideas. I'm happy to point people in the right direction without it being a financial commitment. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I want people to do this. I want people to be able to look at their accounts software and go, oh, I'm making good money or look, I've done this and be oh, happy I, about it. I actually understand what these numbers are telling me. Wow. Yeah, that is amazing. That. <laughs> and you're quite active on LinkedIn. I think that's where I've spotted you actually commenting on somebody's post <laughs> and then thinking, oh, hang on a minute. You're like a good person to talk to. So <laughs> I'm glad I picked you out on LinkedIn. Um, Stacey, thanks so much for coming on the show. I think you shared loads of good stuff there. It's nice to talk about finance sometimes and today was a very nice conversation so thanks so much and uh yeah see you again soon thank you very much thank you for having me